0: This week on Dig Me Out.
1: With your hosts, Jason Zia and Tim Minichi.
2: Jay, we're back again with another episode thanks to our Dig Me Out union on Patreon can help us make the next episode happen by joining us at DMOUnion.com or DigMeOutUnion.com. That's where the Patreon happens. And that's where people join us to make their 12-month picks. And we've got another one, Jay. Always fun when people bring us records that we've never heard of. And this is one of them boom boom and he's no stranger to the show he's been on a number of episodes welcome back chris martz how are you doing
0: hey guys it's great to be back i'm doing great um i'm so excited to share this album with more people because it's it's one that i like i'm sure most people who listen to this podcast have never heard before
2: Now, let's just take a walk back before we get to this record. The last episode you were on was the Warped Tour Roundtable. And you talked about sneaking into some stadium to see, like, System of a Down or something like that. Was that it?
0: Oh, no. For, like, one set? No, I I don't... Was that? I don't remember talking about that. No, I don't... Sneaking in to see System of a Down. I mean, it wasn't
2: System of a Down, but it was. um, You said that. Oh,
0: I think it it might have been the one year where uh, Seven Dust drummer and sister got it. Yeah, yeah. Seven Dust. uh, So the drummer's sister. um, She 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 walked us in one year, and that was the only band that we saw. Yeah,
2: that was it. Not sneaked in, but you got you got you just went in to see one band. Yeah, yeah. And they both started. I I went with a different S – Instead of System <laughs> of Down with or uh, Seven Decimal with System of Down. So naturally, and and the stuff that we've talked about in the past has been I think on the heavier end. I mean you joined us for what was the first episode you joined us for? Was it Is it the KISS, Kiss Roundtable? Yeah. Kiss in the 90s.
0: It might have, it was either that one or it was the Brainiac album.
2: Okay. So let's So we have Kiss. Brainiac, and Warp Tour. So when you gave us this record... And Far. And Far. Oh,
0: yeah, that's right. I did Far, and we did uh, Into Another as well.
2: And Into Another. So when you gave us this record, I was like, oh, I bet I know where this is going. And I was wrong. (laughs) So can you share with our audience the album you have selected for this episode?
0: Okay, I've selected... uh, An album released in 1994 by the Mexican band Café Tacuba called Re, just R-E.
2: I knew it wasn't Re because I took Spanish in high school. (laughs) That was the only uh, way I, I knew that. But everything else I mispronounced. Luckily, on the Wikipedia page, you can read the English translation of each of the song titles. So that you can know that El Metro is the subway <laughs> <laughs> and not the Metro, as I I thought it was a cover of uh, of uh, Berlin, but it was oh, in fact not a cover of Berlin.
0: Um, speaking of which, it's actually System of a Down did a cover of that song. So to tie it back to what we were talking about earlier, I go. love
2: it. I love it. Bringing it back. So how did you discover this record?
0: Uh, so, I, uh, I, I'm fluent in Spanish. That's what I got my degree in. And in about two thousand, two thousand one, two thousand two, when I decided on a major in college, uh, I just started, you know, taking all Spanish classes. And f- for some reason, I just started getting into the rock and Espanol movement, which uh, it uh, the so around that time, this band released an album called Cuatro Caminos, and it was getting a lot of it like people were calling them the Radiohead of like of the Mexican Radiohead, and I was like, okay, I'll check this band out. And so I, I bought that album, the Cuatro Caminos record, and then started working my way back and one of my professors in college, you know, he was really big into this music. And so he would kind of tell me like bands should listen to and stuff. And when I went back, he was like, you need to pick up this. This is like, if you're going to listen to a cafe Tacuba record, this is the one. And so I, I listened to it and it's like, hmm. you didn't quite understand it at first, but it's because there's just so much here to digest. But this is, you know, that's been 25 years for this record. And, there's been a couple of uh, you know of articles online that I've seen praising it, but there's really not so much. And like this album is just so it, it, it's it's a, one amazing record that just kind of sets defines this genre. And more, I really wish more people, especially in the what I call the Anglo media, would know about, but they really don't talk about it at all. So,
2: so the band is from Mexico City formed in 1989 uh members of the band as far as i can tell it's the same members there's it's uh at least on the wikipedia page it looks like it's stayed the same um Mm -hmm. throughout the history of the band which they're currently they're still active uh they've released their debut in 92 which self-titled this one as you mentioned came out in july of 94 uh, then they had albums, I'm I'm going to slaughter the pronunciation of every album, so I'm just going to say albums in 96, 99, 2003, which the 2003 album was actually produced by Dave Fridman, who had produced the Flaming Lips and
0: Weezer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's the, that's the Quattro Caminos record, 2003.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. And then um, 2007, which won a couple of Latin Grammys, and then 2012 and 2017. They also have an MTV unplugged album and some uh, best of and tribute albums and stuff like that. So I I had never heard of the band. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I'm I'm ignorant as far as in terms of the 90s. Most stuff that's if it isn't from the U.S., U.K. or Australia, there's probably a chance I've a good chance I I haven't heard it. I'm trying to res trying to correct that. Through both this podcast and just my general listening, but I I had never heard of the band. Uh, Jay, you, come on. <laughs> so what come I did on. find interesting was that on the Wikipedia it says that this is considered the equivalent of the white album for this band.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. This it's because it just it goes to so many different places. There's there's such a variety of the songs on here that they go to different genres, and it just. It goes so many places that it just is all encompassing. And so, when people, when you talk about this band, this is the album that you're going to talk about.
2: And if Jay, did you look at the streaming numbers, for example, on on Spotify for this album?
1: Um, uh, no. What do you mean streaming numbers?
2: Like you know how you can, you can look at the number of streams for a song on uh, Spotify.
1: I don't use Spotify very often. I didn't Uh-oh. know that.
2: They're ridiculous. I'm betting this album has combined 100 million streams. Wow. Like like all the songs together. There's two songs that are over 40 million. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, It's huge. Huge, huge record. The song um, La Ingrata. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. 44 million streams. And then the song El... Baile
0: Salon? Uh, El Baile El Salon, yeah.
2: 33 million streams. So just those two songs, there's like 78 million streams between those two songs. They have another song. They have songs from other albums. They have 108... One song has 118 million streams. I mean, this is a
0: huge
2: band internationally. Monthly listeners, <laughs> 4.1 million. So... Uh, in case you were wondering, people are listening to this. So, Jay, what I'm saying is, this, has an op- <laughs> this is an opportunity to expand our listenership yeah. internationally. So, don't mess this up. Tell me one thing you like about Ray by Cafe Takuba. Is I say that right? Yeah, that's good. Okay.
1: So, we've done one, one Japanese and one Latin, and then everything else is either Australian, Canadian, U.S., or U.K.?
2: Yeah, in terms of foreign language, this is our <laughs> second foreign language album.
1: Wow, it's a journey. Uh, 20 songs. I thought like maybe this was a reissue with extra tracks, but is it indeed 20 songs? Um, yep. I mean, obviously, the, it's all in Spanish, right? So I can't speak to any of the lyrics. I have no idea what they're singing about. It seems to use a lot of different Latin styles. Not an expert in Latin music, but you hear um, sort of what I would consider a variety of traditional Latin sounds um, I think the thing that holds it all together, which makes it most interesting to me um, as they move from various genres, both Latin and you know rock and roll and even industrial for a minute and sometimes I even hear like polka in there. I don't know what's going on um, is the production. Mm-hmm. It's um kind of fascinating like in that it's fairly, simple and maybe even you know basic like in terms of I think they're just using a basic drum machine for the whole record you know a lot of the guitars sound like they're just plugged straight into the board from an electric guitar standpoint and then there's a mixture of like a fairly standard palette of acoustic guitar accordion various percussion instruments and some piano Mm mm-hmm um, and within that, they're able to span all of those different genres I mean, from disco to mariachi to industrial to alternative rock to whatever up progressive I' right hear here and there. I think it's a case where by keeping such a tight, sharp point of view on what the production is, to me that's what you know holds it all together, otherwise, I think it would be so disparate. If you had different sounds, like uh, production-wise, that it would just be incoherent. But because they keep a, you know, the palette fairly limited, I think that's what makes it cohesive um, and sound like a an album, um, despite the fact that you know, there's a ton of variety and it's very long. So, I think just the creative vision and discipline around the production is the part that I enjoy the most.
2: I think the um, you mentioned about polka. I think in terms of this style, it's referred to as norteño. Okay, it's a uh, basically a mixture of what would be you know European folk. Yeah, that exactly the one two one two one two yeah. that polka yeah. beat, but then it's integrated into. I guess northern Mexico is where that is utilized more so uh, than other regions, or at least it was, I guess, developed there. I'm just, you know, again, m- most of my, my learning is off of Wikipedia when it comes to a lot of this. But there's a bunch of different styles, and I agree with you in terms of one thing I like is, I, I, you know, this record is all over the place in terms of styles. There's Bolero and Bossa Nova, and, and then you get into, like, so you, if you start put this record on, and you listen to the first three tracks, you kind of go, okay, this is kind of what I'm expecting. There's a little bit of like electric guitar, like you said, like sort of direct electric guitar on track three, uh, mm. which is the cyclone. I'm not going to try to pronounce the, the, the other word. I think
1: that would be El Cyclone.
2: El, yes. El Cyclone. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. But then you go I to. Mean, tra- I don't speak Spanish, but I'm going to go <laughs> on a limb and just
2: well it has the, the little the tilde above the uh no that's the, not tilde the, that's that's a, just an axe
0: oh, just the accent or just the accent yeah to stress the last syllable and cyclone
2: but then you get to track four and it turns into ministry and i'm like what the fuck is going on here <laughs> yeah like literally this just turned into madness and they don't really return to that then there are other songs which sound like the Bee Gees and I'm like what kind of what is what am I going what does this ride I'm on here you know like I, I was dumbfounded by some of the songs just in terms of the what what it was set up at the beginning and then what it turned into you know uh 24 hours track six it started and I was like This is like a Bossa Nova version of Mr. Blue Sky. What is going on here? (laughs) (laughs) I had the same
1: the same notes.
2: Yep. And there's I there's a lot of weird stuff that really was intriguing. You know, the Metro has this weird pop disco thing going on. Pez almost has this like alternative, and then towards the back half of the song turns in almost like a jellyfish power pop song with the vocals yeah and then the next song, Verde has this really weird atmospheric kind of feel to it, and then sort of reprises pez, which I thought, oh, that is really cool the way that they did that, and there's just there's more of that you know La Pinta is like a straight up alternative rock song there's there's songs that sound like they could be Benfold five, you know, tracks. Without the dist- just missing the distorted bass with some of like the piano, uh, up tempo, kind of things going on. There's yeah. some ska. Yeah, there's st- I'll, yeah. track
1: sixteen has a little ska on it.
2: Yeah, and so to track ten it's kind of sound had a ska, kind of feel. And then you get like in in all that, then you get these very traditional sounding songs like track eleven, which is this great classical guitar, which I'm a sucker for. I love that sound and it has beautiful harmonies. And it kind of reminded me, I don't know if you've listened to the record, the Buena Vista Social Club record um, that came out of the 90s, which has actually been in one of our polls, I think. It's a great Cuban record. It reminded me of that.
1: La ciudad de los
0: palacios va dejando paso al alba. Se va perdiendo la calma.
1: Para cuando el sol asoma, todo el esplendor decrece, la gente en las calles toma. Catedral desaparece entre Scott y Caca de Palo.
2: This is taken by these guys in such interesting, weird places. And I totally get the the reference to the White Album in terms of its willingness to experiment. It also reminded me in that sense to, uh, like, Wilco's being there is all over the place in terms of it being a double album and it him trying to write, you know, there's a Johnny Cash song, there's a Rolling Stones song, there's, a, you know... Uh, replacement song there's all these different sounds and and him doing beatles and beach boy songs and really running through a gamut of 60s and 70s influence 60s 70s and 80s influences on their record so it was cool to hear that done but it, you know in a completely foreign you know in, in all senses of the word you know style that i'm not used to and it was weird here interesting to hear their take on uh you know a very american sounds like with the ministry song or with like the eternal rock of uh la pinta so I, I really appreciated that just it was it's a long record i had to listen to it in chunks i basically listened like 10 songs at a time like the first 10 and i would take a break and then go back and listen to the second 10 because i just found myself if I, I first time i tried to listen to it all the way through it was just like I couldn't keep mm-hmm. focused once I got to the back half. So I was like, oh, "I'll split put this up. Pretend like it's two records. And, um, that made it a little bit easier. Chris, let me ask you what works for you. What do you like best about this record?
0: The variance of styles on here. I mean, I didn't even really think about, um, comparing it to being there. Um, which is another, I love that double album. And just to hear the different styles on there, I just, I didn't really combine the two, but, yeah, um, it's being able to understand what they're talking about is like they just have such such crazy songs. Like they go from, you know, your typical norteño song in Line Grata, which is was the first single, but the lyrical content kind of gives you some reservations nowadays. And the uh, especially with the Me Too movement, and then you go to you know you got like straight depressing love songs like Twenty Four Hours, and then you've just got little goofy songs about. You know, riding the subway, stuff like that. And there's something on this album for so many different people, and then just for this one band in this one production setting to put it all together is just remarkable. Um, I I did not go see it, but a few years ago they did a, an anniversary tour for this album, and they just played it straight through. And I'm kind of disappointed that I missed it. Just to see, I really want to see how they just went from track one to 20 in the same setting with all these different sounds but they must have pulled it off yeah like i said there's something on here for everybody even if you're not a latin music fan you're gonna like something on here and they just they take some of these traditional mexican sounds and that's the one thing that's really makes this band great is that they take these mexican sounds and incorporate them into a modern sound by having modern songs as well, and they've never been shy of, they've never been shy about a, a, a using the, uh, their heritage and putting it into great music, and but also with a modern feel toward to it.
2: Now, is this not being fluent in Spanish? Is this a concept album lyrically, or are these songs not really connected?
0: they're not really connected at all okay um so you've got i mean you've got song like you know like uh, track 8 tropic of cancer it's all about environmental concerns and uh, like oil drilling and and engineering and stuff like that and then you know like like let's you know the next track the uh, el metro the subway It's just a it's a goofy little song about you know, riding the Mexico City subway all the time and uh, spending so much time down there.
1: Zocalo, Hidalgo,
0: got like track 18 el baile el salon yeah the the main refrain is there is like life is, is is a dance and the the world is a ballroom that that's it's just all about that and just falling in love and using the world as is as, as your as your ballroom
2: that's the one so that there's that, that... sounded like the bgs to me oh <laughs> so, really <laughs> so i guess that
0: oh, makes yeah, sense. The... yeah i know i can see that now
2: so jay mm-hmm what didn't you like about this record?
1: Oh, this is a stretch for me. I mean, I, I'm not familiar with traditional Latin music, so some of this sounds, between the music and also his voice, I don't love. It's very high and nasally. Um, so some of it sounds like music from a, like a PBS Kids show. <laughs> um, uh, I, I like, I don't know, I guess I like that, darker stuff so when it gets too bright and poppy like between the sort of just overall latin aesthetic and then the tone being poppy like that it just doesn't work for me it just seems too like not rock out in any way so i tend to like the stuff that's either traditional but like ballad oriented um, or slower and darker or where it's just more experimental so i think there's a good mix of of that I would say the album's kind of split between what I described and you know, half of it being more in that like brighter I guess pop or I don't know what it is, uh, more traditional, but like major sounding stuff that just doesn't doesn't work for me. Um I think just from a performance standpoint, it's really the vocal. Not a, I'm not a huge fan of the this the singer's voice.
2: I feel like correct me if I'm wrong Chris there's two singers in this band it, it just sounded like the the vocal was not it was similar but not the same because I feel like one of them has like what Jay mentioned a higher more like pinched vocal and mm-hmm. he was doing like some of the faster stuff which I did not connect with as as well and I feel like there's another vocal that's a bit uh smoother is the way I would put it um, I think all of them sing, but it feels like they're not all necessarily singing lead. Do you know? If yeah, we're...
0: that's no, that's that's correct. So the main singer uh, that you're thinking of with kind of the voice that you don't like is uh, Ruben Albaran. He's 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 the main lead singer. But, you know, you were talking about the the one song that they have that's got over 100 million streams on spotify it's off i'm i'm pretty sure that's the song eris which is on that cuatro Caminos record and that song by uh i think is what's the name emmanuel del real yeah emmanuel del real he's he's more of an instrumentalist but he sings lead sometimes and like that song "Eris," he see he sings lead on and he's the the more cleaner um cleaner vocal guy
2: okay I, I mean, stylistically, there's some songs that don't work and there's some songs that work. And, you know, that's all personal preference, you know, in terms of I like some of the more traditional sounds and then I like when they get a little weird and, and I'm not sure where things are going. Like like I mentioned that one song, 24 Hours, it sounds like Mr. Blue Sky with a balsa nova, but it, it changes a lot, that song. It has like th- it's three distinct, you know, rhythm tempo sections. Um... Which is interesting it's that's not a particularly um, normal thing to do within a you know a fairly short you know pop song it's like two minutes and nineteen seconds and they have three distinct sections in that time period frame and I, I like when they do stuff like that now like I said I like a song like Verde which is very atmospheric and they can play with then the vocal harmonies in an interesting way and that's under two minutes.
1: Los peces me quieren llevar por sus caminos Espadas de luz se clavan en tu cuerpo Vida, tú que eres verde, no me hagas tragar tu cara
2: so i like a lot i like a lot of the record simply because they find an interesting thing to do and they only do it for a couple minutes and then they move on pretty quickly the only song i think that's that's over four minutes or there's two songs over four minutes there's only one song over five minutes so it's the The Dance in the Ballroom, track 18. And then um, you mentioned uh, the Tropic Cancer. That's about four and a half minutes. Um, Everything else is pretty tight and short. Like three minutes or less. Three and a half minutes or less. And uh, there's just some sounds, I think. You know, like the song that sounds like Ministry, the uh, track four, The Sheep. um, It's not particularly... Like, it's got the aggression of ministry and the sort of the grinding guitar, but it's not particularly inventive. It just sounds like someone got a, you know, that particular, I guess in 1994, it'd be a drum machine and then use the heavy metal boss distortion pedal and uh, chugged it out <laughs> with some, with some drop D chords. And that was it doesn't it just doesn't uh it doesn't make me go, "Oh, I wish they would have done more of this." I kind of go, "Okay, well that was weird. I was not expecting that and let's move on to something mm-hmm. else." Whereas I feel like the authenticity of the stuff that utilizes say, you know, classical or horns, they just know how to play around with that in a little bit more interesting and and unique way. Whereas it feels like kind of doing a cover almost of with, with regards to some of the songs that are more generic of, of, I guess you called them Anglo, but like the, you know, the alt rock and the industrial rock stuff. Mm -hmm. So what does not work for you on this record? Is there anything that's, that bothers you about this record, Chris?
0: Um, I mean, the length a little bit uh, 20 tracks is a little because it, it is packaged as just one cd and it, you know, like the running time is still it's under an hour for the whole record right um but there are a few tracks that i would get rid of um you know probably el borrego the sheep being one of them is it just doesn't really work um but yeah you know, it's like this, these songs some of the, the the some of these songs are so short that even if you don't like it you can just you know, it'll be over within a couple minutes, so there's nothing really to right. uh, uh, I mean, aside from that, um, after seeing them live a couple times, like and you understand how they how this works as a band, and like they uh, for the two thousand and three album they they finally did integrate live drums into their 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 band. And so to see where this came from with without drums and just what they were able to accomplish with this record, I mean, it's just it's still just fascinating to me. Um, so there's really not a whole lot that I find um, wrong with this record. It's probably just a couple tracks too long, and that's it.
2: Uh, we didn't bring it up, other than me not knowing how to pronounce the 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 name. But track three, I I dug the um, the clavinet. It kind of reminded me of, like Billy Preston. Uh, <laughs> I I dug that feel for that song, that kind of funk thing going on. Yeah. Um, and I neglected to mention that we got some comments over at patreon uh tara mccook said this record defies characterization in the best way possible i absolutely love the mashup of traditional uh, latin music with so many different rock subgenres. this record is a bit long for so much high energy music i was a little tired at the end of the straight end-to-end listen but this would be great driving exercising etc music thanks to chris for this excellent suggestion Darren Leach, not so positive. He said, "I'm always up for something different, but this is bad different." I found this all over the shop and list unlistenable. So he did not vote, though. I'll just say that the vote. We'll get to the the you know where the album better EP decent single in a little bit, but uh, his vote he didn't put a vote in there for maybe because there's no
0: sub decent single. I was gonna say there's no option for unlistenable record on yeah, there. <laughs> this We've never gotten that far.
2: I don't think there's. We've ever done a record where we were like, I can never. I can find nothing to listen to, and
1: <laughs> I can't find a single.
2: We've, we've at least found a single. Yeah, this was gigantic in terms of worldwide and 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 I guess you I guess central and. Central America and Mexico. And I assume they have a big audience outside of just Mexico based on those streaming numbers. Um, Oh yeah.
0: They're, they're, they're huge here in the States with the Latin community. Um, I was, you know, like I said, I was turned on to them in college by my Colombian professor. And then I dated a Puerto Rican girl and she listened to them as well. So it's not, it just because they're a Mexican band, like it, You know, they're not just confined to Mexico. It's all through Latin America. And and they've done, uh, you know, they've toured the U.S. a ton. And they always do really well here.
2: Well, I kind of feel like I was going to say, like, this is not a band that's going to get on to pop radio. But this is a band that you would hear on, like, specialty stations. Like, there's a station. It's, I don't know, what's one of the FM stations. And every time I turn it on, it's, you know. Latin music, Mexican, and I, I know that people are listening to that, but it's like that doesn't register with charts here in the United States. So be- being completely you know blind to this is just due to the fact that uh, the music here is just dominated by like Billboard charts and and mainstream pop charts and that kind of stuff. Whereas this is clearly hugely popular as far as like. I'm trying to think of other bands that have gained any sort of, you know, foot, uh, foothold in terms of popularity that were from outside the United States who, who sang in a, who didn't sing in English. Like it always tends to be like novelty, like the Macarena or Gaggle Style or or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ricky, Ricky came along right when that pop wave was hitting. So,
0: yeah, I'm thinking more like on the Latin side. I mean, all these bands are going to find their foothold with the immigrant community here. And when you think when you talk about stuff you'd hear on the radio, you you wouldn't hear an album like this on the radio. I mean, most we you know we have a, a big. I'm sure Jay has this as well down in Texas, but we have a huge Latin community here. And if you turn on one of their radio stations here, you're just going to hear your classic, norteño or your latin pop stuff you're not going to hear stuff like this but this does have like this record in this band they do have such a huge audience with you know the younger generation who are into rock music but it's never going to be you know like your number one most popular band here in the u.s as far as the latin community goes or even down in mexico because you've got like your traditional Mexican pop singers—you've got your norteño music—that that's always going to dominate. But these guys really have, you know, found their foothold and like just the appreciation for this band and what they've been able to accomplish. They're very, they they're, they're the critics just love this band as well. And just so they—they're uh, thirty years in now and they—they've they've really found their foothold. They're just—they have their—they have their place and they're kind of legends now.
2: All right, this is the part where. We have to decide, were the album better EP or decent single? Jay, I'll start with you. Where do you land?
1: Well, first I want to note that, uh, so I'm an Apple Music user, and you know they do bios of records. Um, mm-hmm. And this one really stood out to me, because usually they're very generic. And this one is like a very strong point of view um, to kind of follow up your emphasis on how big this record is so the editor's notes from apple music is that it was first of many masterpieces that would follow but cafe tacuba's second album marked before and after in the history of latin rock wow okay (laughs) (laughs) like we're talking bc and
2: ad um (laughs) that's the way to look at it yeah
1: okay so with that i don't think i can go with a decent single i'm being influenced here by the the weight apparent weight of this record and i'm gonna go with an ep s Noche," uh ixtepic i don't know how, Is that right ixtepic yeah it's, it's like
0: a. it's a it's a oh, what would you say it's it's more of like a a native uh, i'm trying to i can't even think of the word for it right now but it's uh like a it's a traditional mexican name there i don't even know what that means i'd have to
1: gotcha.
0: oh it's a it's a city name that's what it is
1: gotcha uh, uh trapico de cancer what is track 11 mad mad madrugal.
0: madrugal madrugal yeah
1: and la pinta are the songs what would be on my ep so just a little taste of the alternative rock but mostly like more ballady traditional with some like hints here and there, maybe of the Beatles or some kind of like traditional rock, but not too crazy.
2: Interesting. Okay. Well, I'm at, I have, when I do records, I list out all the albums or all the songs. I write notes for each song and then I use a highlighter on Google Docs. The songs I like, the songs that I would make my album are in green. The songs I do not like are in red and then everything else gets a yellow. It's like kind of okay, but I could lose it. So I have 10 songs in green. So I guess that makes... I have an album at least. I have eight songs in yellow and two red songs. That's a, that's a worthy album. I pro- I would go with a 10-song album because I feel like I get the 10 strongest songs that I like off this record. Which would 1, 3, 5, 8, 11, 12, 13... 17, 18, 19, and I kind of stay away from the polka-ish songs that you mentioned and some of the, um, the, the ministry song and some of the other ones that were a little more like dance pop stuff and stick to the more traditional stuff. And then I also like the, you know, that has a disco-ish, I think, uh, feel on some of the more mid-tempo-y than up-tempo. So that's where I'm at. I'm at a solid album for having no frame of reference for this before. And um, other than, you know, one or two things here and there over the last, I guess, uh, 30 years of listening to music. So definitely need to expand my horizons. And this is an interesting band to start with. Chris, I'm going to take a wild stab and say Worthy Album. Yeah, definitely.
0: uh Definitely. yeah, definitely worth the album. But there are some songs that I would get rid of. I mean, if you knocked it down to about sixteen songs, I think it would be, I think it would work just as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah, it's like the conversation now. It's like with the "Lying Grata," the second track. It is the biggest song on the album, but uh, like they do have reservations about playing it live nowadays, just because of the messaging and the song about. You know the the whole Latin culture and machismo and yeah the the blame, you know blaming this woman for all your problems and then at the end of the song they're talking about shooting her. It's like yeah they don't really play that live anymore because of, um, because of the message in that song and that's I it's it's still difficult for me to listen to nowadays. So I'd probably get rid of that one even though it is one of their most famous songs and probably the. the most famous song on this record but take that away and probably el borrego doesn't really work the fourth song and mm-hmm. just a couple yeah just a couple more and you've got just a concise little probably like 16 song album that would be just you know about 50 minutes and you'd be good right there
2: yeah you should check out this album if you haven't heard it like uh terry might be very pleasantly surprised and i think we found some stuff that we liked as well, it's it's on all the services for streaming, so it won't be that hard to to track it down. Uh, as I mentioned, it's massively popular, so uh, you'll be able to uh, pretty much find it everywhere. Thanks for bringing this to us, Chris. I was expecting, based on your history, I was expecting something wildly different, <laughs> and I'm glad <laughs> you threw us a curveball because I like when we get curveballs out of nowhere. This year has been actually. A lot of curveballs, like the Cruel C album that we did and and some other ones where I was completely unprepared for and I think Jay as well what we were getting into, and they've all produced pleasant surprises, so thanks for bringing this to us,
0: yeah you're welcome i mean I hope it opens up the door for other people to go further in their catalog to listen to stuff I mean like they're i mean after this, they put out a, a short little covers record where they just do some wacky stuff and then after that they do a double record where one of the albums is all electronic instrumental <laughs> and they just they're, they're so unique that it's it's a band that i really wish wasn't overlooked as much as they are um because they're 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 very different and i know that it's kind of difficult for people that aren't really accustomed to that style of music to get into but if you just give them a chance i mean there's just there's so much there to listen to
2: So I want to remind everyone, you can join us over at Patreon and you can pick an album that will confound us and shock us and we might even like it by joining at the Dig Me Out Union. Become a part of our union, dmounion.com or digmeoutunion.com for as little as two bucks a month. You can also join our our steering committee and our board of directors to help us pick roundtables, and our 80s albums, which we just uh, recently posted, our fifth 80s review of the year, which is exclusive to our Patreon community, who also get to vote in our monthly polls for album suggestions that come in through our website. And I'd like to remind everyone, if you like what you heard, please consider leaving us some positive feedback over at iTunes. So for Jay, I'm Tim. We're out and we'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out.
1: Thanks for listening. To support the podcast, visit www.patreon.com forward slash Dig Me Out and become a monthly subscriber at www.digmeoutpodcast.com where you can find links to our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram pages, as well as our merchandise store at Zazzle.com.